Welcome to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to the Parenting Show. I am your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And today on the show, guys, we have returning guest, good friend of mine, Kathy Buckworth, Mama author, parenting expert, grandma of one, and soon to be two. Kathy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm very excited. My second grandson is due in May. We know it's a boy. So very exciting times around here. Oh my gosh. And how old's your, your, oh, and your, your first grandson? Yeah, he's 15 months. So he'll only be 18 months when number two comes along. So it'll be challenging and and fun times. And Kathy, how are you doing it during COVID? Like, do you get to see the kids? What's going on? Yeah, everyone's got a different situation, right? So I have four kids. My oldest daughter's one that's married and has Owen. She and her husband are at work from home. They work, you know, remotely, but they they work. So I provide Owen with daycare. So he comes here um, every day for about six hours, a little nap break in between. And he and my university daughter, Bridget, who's doing her fourth year from home, because again, uh, she helps me out with that a bit. Then I have a son who lives in Collingwood, and he works in a restaurant, so he's just back to work, which is great. We can't see him, obviously. He's outside of our little bubble. And then my youngest son, Nick, who's just started first year university, he just is completing, obviously, his first year university at Mac, but from home. Um, So we were supposed to be empty nesters (laughs) this year, (laughs) and instead we have... Yeah, we have an 18 year old, a 22 year old and a 15 month old in a and then of course, because my daughter and son in law provide, you know, bring Owen here, they're in our bubble too. Uh, so we see them as well. So it's a busy household, but uh, very manageable. Um, especially compared to like, I look at, at uh, you know, moms like you with three young ones. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> so everyone's got a different situation. We are very, very fortunate to be able to see our grandson, but it's out of necessity for daycare because they only live a few minutes away. But that is amazing. That. And you know yeah. what, I obviously we're friends. So I, I check everything that you put out on social. And I know that you guys are like, so safe and taking like every precaution, yes. you know, um, and I love it. Because yeah, we really are. We really are. We get I've been in a grocery store since last March. I don't think like we are lucky enough to be in a situation where we get everything delivered if we need it. Um, but we don't make we haven't broken the rules. How's that at all? We even have a cottage up near Blue Mountain. And blue was open this weekend, but we're in Peel and in lockdown, so we can't go. So we didn't. But I know a lot of people maybe who made a different decision. But we're just, we know what we're gonna follow the rules and stay safe. It's it's not worth it to us. That's that's yeah, who we are, right? And yeah. that's the thing. At the end of the day, you have to do what works for you, but you mm-hmm. also need to think about like the bigger picture and mm-hmm. those around us because it's not only the decisions we make don't only affect us and our household. That's right. That's you know, right. It affects everyone around us. And it does. It does. Like I said, my, young, my son and my daughter, we haven't really let them see their boyfriend and girlfriend since this started. And they say, we're the only one of our friends. I'm like, mm, that, you know, if you're living with us, this is the rule, right? So they go on remote walks and do Zoom calls and all that. And, and that's it. And it's been an interesting year, I think, for relationships all around, right? right? Oh, yeah. Gosh. And I know today we're going to be talking about money and it certainly has been an interesting year for people with their finances as well, right? Oh, Spending money on different things, saving money on different things. So Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why when I was like, you know what, it's, it's, I think important that we have a conversation about money on the show. We haven't mm-hmm. had a conversation about money specifically, like just focused on money on the show. And I was like, who better mm-hmm. to bring on than Kathy? You have been through 
all stages with your kids from like, obviously, infancy to growing up to college and university, and even marrying, you know what I mean, a daughter now having yeah. a grandson, you know, exactly. And so I also worked I, I my old life, I was a director of marketing at a Canadian bank. So I have a banking background, actually, I hide my banker background. But uh, <laughs> so I taught financial literacy for kids quite a bit too, and a lot of the stuff that I did early on. And it is an area that really isn't taught in school. And all of my kids have said that when my kids finish high school, they're like, they know how to do calculus, but they don't actually really know how a credit card works. So we need to do more work on the financial literacy front, not only in school, but obviously at home too, with our kids. Right. And it's like, honestly, it's, it's something that I think needs to even be taught like from the home at a Mm -hmm. super young age, even just with like little things like chores and um, knowing the value of a dollar. Yeah. So I think that's exactly right. And I have always paid my kids allowance. And I know some people are like, I'm not giving my kids allowance because they're just contributing to the family. I get that argument. I just find that saying, for instance, you know, we pay our son, he's older now to snowblow the driveway. We used to pay when they were younger to clear the table, to do whatever. And it's like, it's the only way actually that children have of earning money. <laughs> if you know what I mean, yeah. but then they're 10, they can't get a job. Sadly. So (laughs) the thing is it learned, you know, if you want, you know, a video game, maybe you have to shovel the driveway three times that adds up to whatever $60 or whatever you're paying your kids. We used to sort of say the minimum was they had to do things like actually set and clear the table. They do their own laundry. I actually don't care if they clean up their room or not. That's their domain. And I've never given them money for cleaning their room. It's more like, will you do the vacuuming? Will you clean a bathroom? Like those extra chores that affect the whole family. I'll pay for those. Um, And then they they do earn the value of a dollar that way. Um, Another way that we uh, got them to learn the value of a dollar is when they hit high school, I started giving them a clothing allowance, a set amount per month. Didn't cover things like, I don't know, a winter jacket or something that, you know, they had to have yeah, boots, um, higher price. Yeah, something like, and my girls argued that bras should not be covered because the boys didn't have to buy them. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do bras. <laughs> <laughs> but what it taught them to do is they say they wanted a hundred dollar pair of jeans, which for me would be expensive. I'm like, well, that's your whole budget. Okay. If that's what you choose to spend your hundred bucks on go for it. But I guess, you, you know, you can't get a new shirt. It caused them to be real bargain shoppers. They get home and say, I found a BOGO sale. I got three t-shirts or whatever. Yeah. And it, it really made them look at the price of what they were buying. Or let's say they already had running shoes, but they wanted special fancy running shoes. I'm like, well, then I'm not paying for those because you have functional running shoes. Use your clothing allowance. So that actually, and they, you know, they actually say at now that it caused them actually to really look at the price of clothes, which they hadn't considered before. So And then they'd say, you know, sometimes I didn't use my clothing allowance, so maybe I went to a movie with the money. I'm like, okay, that's your choice. You're balancing a budget. I'm giving it to you for clothes, which I consider to be a necessity. But if you want to peel off a bit for a luxury, that's your call. You're in high school, right? So it works. That is so great. And I like, and this is why, this is why I was like, I'm going to get Kathy on the show (laughs) to talk about this because we've talked about this, like, you know, on our own, Mm -hmm. not on the air, um, have this conversation, um, and it's actually come up uh, when we were talking about Christmas one year. Yes, that was my old strategy. That's right. So Santa has a budget also, obviously. Um, and my kids knew what Santa's budget was. And if they wanted something that was beyond what Santa could afford, they would actually earn the money and put it out that night uh, with the request already obviously mailed to Santa before that. And Santa would pick up the cash and, and uh, give them the balance. And uh, you know what? 
it really taught them as well in terms of, you know what, not everyone, and they'd say, why did my friend get this really expensive, you know, iPad or why did, I'm like, well, Santa has a budget and their parents have a budget and they work out who's going to cover what. And this is how it works at our house. And it worked really well. We actually still do, still do it. My kids are grown now. Of course, Santa's still around and Santa still says, here's the budget. And they want something more they earn the money for it and and uh, we settle it that way because you know I think this is one of the things that we have in a lot of families is that we don't talk about money a lot I don't it's a Canadian thing or it's you know it's like how much you know money do you make I'm not telling you what my salary is I'm not telling you what my house taxes are you know we're funny about that for good reasons sometimes but sometimes I think we should be a bit more open about that kind of stuff I totally agree um and Kathy, I, just for everyone listening at home that may not be familiar with you, how old are sure. your kids? So then they, they sure. you know, have a good grasp and understanding. Sure. So my youngest is 18. So he's in first year university. My next just turned 22 yesterday, Bridget. She's in fourth year university. So just finishing up. So she's looking for work. Um, then I have a son who's 26, who lives in Collingwood. And then I have a daughter who's 28, who is a mom of one expecting her second. And she works full time as a brand manager. Um, so they're all in different sort of stages of their careers, so to speak. They've all gone through part-time jobs. They've all gone through, you know, a little bit full-time jobs in the summer. I think have a good grasp of money, but they still come to me with questions and we work through everything. That's what moms are for, yeah. parents in general, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, how do RESP works? That's what my daughter and son-in-law needed to know when they had the baby, you know, that's something they didn't have to think about. So they had a baby, you know, so yeah. it never stops, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, and I actually want to talk about that. But before we get into uh, the education funds, Kathy, at what age, like for parents listening at home mm-hmm. with little kids, at what age is a good time to start like with the little chores around the house and, and maybe giving them some kind of allowance. And what is sure a good rate? What's the going rate? I don't even know. What's the going rate? Well, I think it's like asking what's the going rate um, when the tooth fairy visits your house. Like I think everyone might have a different sort of um, option there. Uh, so, and some parents will say, well, you know what, I'll do a sticker chart and here's the stickers that you'll get um, to add up to maybe $5 or whatever it is, you know, so you don't have to always be handing out a quarter or a loony or whatever, whatever it is you decide to pay. Um, So I think everyone needs to decide that for themselves. I think a good idea though, once your kids sort of start to understand the concept of math, which is quite, you know, like one takeaway, one is zero, that sort of thing. They can start to understand the concept of money and playing games is a great way to understand money when they're old enough to play like payday or monopoly or some of those games that actually have a money transaction component that makes it a bit more fun. But once they do start to understand um, the concept of I give you something, I get something back, that's what money is just a transaction, right? So if you, you know, if you say, well, if you go clear the table, and I'll give you two stickers, or, you know, it may be money, um, do it that way. So get them to understand the transactional part of that first, you know, sharing back and forth, and then you can start to introduce the money sort of concept. Oh, well, we got a lot to discuss on the show. Kathy, you are going to give me the tips and advice I need. um, And I'm sure for everyone listening as well. Don't go anywhere because you are tuned into the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We've got Kathy Buckworth joining us and we are talking all things money. Now back to the Parenting Show. 
with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night and you are tuned into the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And with me, I've got my good friend who I have not seen in forever. <laughs> That's true. Buckworth, mama, grandma, parenting expert, author, you name it. Like this woman, she's like, Actually, you're something Pina, else, the- Kathy. I got some Facebook memories the other day, and I think my last public outing, so to speak, before this all hit, was going to your radio show with my daughter and my grandson. Oh, it was yeah, about a year we ago. Did a special show with you yeah, and Tori and Owen. Yeah, so that was a year ago. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, a lot changed in a year. How about that? We had no idea at that time what was I behind know. us or we in front of us. Yeah, COVID, this pandemic, people are locked up in their homes, <laughs> um, and Tori's pregnant with baby number two. She is. Yeah. Times change. Eh? Exactly. Like, it's, crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. today we're talking all things money on the show. And we were talking a little bit before about allowances and just mm-hmm. getting your kids like used to mm-hmm. what a transaction is, you know, and at, at what age is an appropriate age to get them started on maybe doing some chores and, and giving them an allowance. Um, and one thing that you actually mentioned too, is that your kids, no matter how old, with your oldest being 28 and pregnant with baby number two, she will still come to you um, for advice mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. like, you know, finances and stuff like that, including recently, you said um, the RESPs. That's right. So the RESPs and, you know, really important to start those when you have kids and when, especially when they're young, it just adds up. The government contributes, it matches you a certain amount per year. And of course that really adds up. And, and I think a thing that parents don't realize um, is that I have four kids, you know, Victoria's going to have two any, any time, um, you don't have to assign that RESP money to one child or to one institution. So it's a pool of money that goes to any of your children. So say you're worried that not all of them will go to post-secondary. It's okay. One can take all of the money or you, know, you can split it up that way. It's also not just for tuition. It's for residence. It's for books. It's for technology. It could be for transportation. Oh. So there's a lot of things yeah, that come out of the RESP. And what it does, in a sense, is when you contribute to the RESP, it takes the money out of your taxable income, right? This is always a good thing. If you're the parent earning money, it takes money out of your taxable income, puts it in a fund. When you draw it, you pay, actually, people don't realize this. When your kids go to college or university, you pay for it first and then get the money back out of your account once you have the invoice from the institution. It's an important note, but then you get that and it goes, it it stays out of your income, if you know what I mean. So you don't have to pay tax on it, but there is a very complicated process in terms of getting the money back out. I will say that. So you need to make sure that you have the money to pay those fees in the first place and then, and then get it back. But anyway, regardless, you have, you have to do this if you have kids and you're planning on some sort of post-secondary. And if you're not, it just goes back into your income. It's not money lost. Right. No, it's but yeah. it's like if the government is going to match you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dollar for dollar to a certain amount. A certain amount yeah. um, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Right. And it's a great thing to say, for instance, if you're looking for um, presents, so your baby's turning one, maybe you tell grandma and granddad or great grandma and granddad, they don't need any more toys. How about you contribute to the RESP, right? So, um, and that's, a, and that grandparents love to do that, of course, too. So it's a great thing to sort of mention or suggest, or even you make it easy, send a link to the account, like whatever it takes, right? Because yeah. really that's the most valuable gift that you can give them. And I honestly um, think that that is the best idea. Maybe it's because I do that myself. <laughs> yeah, get, there you go. <laughs> but since the kids were born, we've always just said like, you know what? 
we usually get them like the clothes they need. Mm -hmm. Um, They get more than enough toys. So if you want, you know what I mean? To contribute to their future, you're more than welcome. So, you know, uh, the good old Italian family is all about like putting some cash in the card and, and here you go. But um, we started bank accounts for the kids at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I do And see, this is where I struggle. And I wonder if other people listening at home, other parents listening at home have the same issue. I don't do an allowance Mm -hmm. and I want to do an allowance because I like the whole transaction and, you know, the child um, knowing that they earned money for their work and they understand that, right? Because what I do is a little bit behind the scenes. Um, So with the government, um, what is it? The child tax benefits yep. mm-hmm. that we yep. get every Monthly month. Check. Yep. I actually take that divided by three and then put it into bank accounts for each of the kids. That's so smart. they don't yep. see it, but they've been accumulating this since like birth. Babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, you know, obviously like it goes into their RESPs, um, but then they've got their account too with, with money set aside. But um, I don't know, like, I want to hear from you. Like, how yeah. do you feel about well, that? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, on I that think that's a good idea. Like I said, I just think that it's a very tactical way to show kids the value of money by paying them allowance. If you know what I mean? It's just yeah. an easy, tactical, practical way to show it. However, I mean, back in the back in the day, I used to hear about, you know, people, my parents used to say they got pocket money. You probably heard that term before. So they got pocket money to run to the store and get like candy or something. Um, but they were expected to, of course, a lot at home, a lot of chores at home. So you could work it that way too. Where I sort of feel there's an issue with kids not learning the value of money is I know parents who say, no, we're not going to do chores for money. They just contribute. First of all, the kids rarely do the chores around the house because they're not intrinsically motivated to uh, clear the table. Sorry. Um, and secondly, I think the thing is too, then these kids are like going to movies all now. It's a different world right now. But in the past, they'd be going to movies all the time, buying lunch out, getting clothes. And I'm like, well, how do they earn that money? And the parents say, well, I just give them the money. And I'm like, so, you know, like, so, so my kids would have to use their allowance or their chore money to go to the movies. They would have to use their chore or allowance money if they wanted to have lunch at school more than twice a week. I would pay for lunch twice a week and the rest of the time they're expected to take it. Same as if they wanted to stop after school at the Starbucks and get like a $10 iced <laughs> coffee, <laughs> which they do. Who's paying for that? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's fine and great to say, well, I'm not going to give my kids, you know, money for chores. Well, does your child... Is they are they old enough and do they have a part-time job because if not how are they earning money and how are they figuring out what the value of that is um i do believe in part-time jobs for kids right now it's a different story granted not all those jobs are safe or accessible for a lot of kids um but you should like that's a really great way also to learn about money it's something you know thrilling about getting your own paycheck oh my goodness oh like, yeah great, i'll tell right? you yeah at the age of 10 i was living in rexdale and born and raised in Rexdale, and I got a newspaper route. Like Look I remember, you, ten going, years old. <laughs> yeah, I remember going through like the Etobicoke Guardian newspaper that would come to our house, and I would be. And I saw an ad like wanted. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, people looking for like a little part time job. We, we need like, uh, and you want to deliver papers. So cute. You must have been hiring. the tiniest paper delivery person <laughs> on their books. <laughs> so. I'll never forget. I actually called up the number. My parents had no oh, idea. And the next thing you knew, someone was at our door from the Etobicoke Guardian that came over to interview me. And my parents are like, what? And I'm sitting on the sofa with this person. 
why does this not surprise me about you, Bina? <laughs> You've been a go-getter since day one, but I think it's awesome. And you know, the paper route can be a great way um, for a kid to start. Again, that's, that's sort of a job of old, if you know what I mean. There's not a lot of papers being delivered, um, and a lot of that is driving now. But um, yeah, there's like little jobs like that for there's sure. You know, so and much. so many jobs. My kids have always worked part-time jobs, whether it's in a restaurant or a store or actually my sons both taught either skiing or snowboarding, that sort of thing. Because we said when they got to college or university, we would pay for tuition and residence, but they had to pay for what we called beer and books. So basically yes. their books, <laughs> their books, which could be expensive and their beer, which could be more expensive. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Their entertainment and their, and their books and books, as you know, in, in college university can be quite pricey. Um, so that was their commitments. They had to have earned a few thousand at least dollars during the summer to cover that sort of thing. So even if they, you know, my son was a camp counselor, it doesn't pay a lot, but it's a great job for leadership, et cetera. So we supported that, but he still had enough money, you know, to put towards, um, you know, his, his books and his beer. Well, this year he hasn't been able to spend anything on his beer, but you know, um, (laughs) But I think them having skin in the game too, when they go to college or university, we, we, we made the decision to pay their tuition and their, and their residence. We were fortunate to be able to do that. Some parents, you know, you're going to have to go through student loans. You're going to have to, you know, get them to contribute, but we did want them to have some skin in the game to recognize that they weren't getting an education for free, that this was going to cost them labor and money as well. Yeah. And it wasn't a free ride. Um, so this was the balance that we sort of came up for, with for our kids. And if they decided, none of them have yet, but if they decide to do a master's degree, that's on them. we're done yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I like that books and beer um and yeah it's honestly there's so many jobs and I know like you said right now um for these like teens that Mm want to earn some extra money it's kind of hard right now but there's some stuff that you can still do Mm -hmm. online like tutoring yeah, online tutoring, exactly. Um, you know, kids can try to find outdoor jobs if there's some available, you know, ones that feel a little bit safer, you know, um, and everyone's got their own level of safety and safety consciousness, it's right? True, so but you, you've got to decide as a family where that is. Obviously. Absolutely. And I yeah. think it's really important too, like, um, to have that, that job to earn that paycheck, there's something about it, uh, to mm-hmm. get that first paycheck, and to, to know that you worked hard for it. Like my newspaper route, going back to that, I remember getting, it was $50 for the entire Sweet. month. Yeah, but you were 10. That was a yeah. fortune. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But I was, was so proud that Christmas and Absolutely. I went and I bought everyone in my family a Christmas gift and I had earned it and it felt so good. And I think that that, no matter how many years have passed, yeah. I'm not going to tell think you how about many it. years, yeah. it's you still, still relevant. And I think that's true. Like my kids, once they're old enough and they have a part-time job or if they've at least tried to get whatever, we don't, for instance, with four kids, we don't buy like Victoria a present from Nick. Nick has to buy it himself on her birthday. And I know my kids have sometimes said to each other during their lean years, they're like, I can't afford to buy you a present. They're like, I can't afford to get you one. Let's not do it. And they decide amongst themselves to either not exchange Christmas presents or not exchange birthday presents because they don't have the money for it. And, and that's that fair. Is right? budgeting. That's like, budgeting. And that that's they, not they saying understand. Go to mom, They're like, listen, money. let's just like forego the gifts this yeah, year. They do it all the time. Yeah. I don't have the extra funds. You don't have the extra funds. I love you, sis. That's Happy right. <laughs> and then some years, you know, the, one of them will feel like quite flush or have a bit of money and they'll buy something really a little bit more expensive for a sibling. And it means so much to the other sibling because they know they spent their own money to get them that $70 sweatshirt or whatever it was, you know, and it means a lot more to them because it's they know so that they true. worked for it. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. So Kathy, 
you've got um you've got two kids in university one first mm-hmm. year one fourth year um how has that been like oh money wise for them mm-hmm. like okay now yeah they're home, now yeah. they're not working right no so what happened was they and in the summer they were supposed to both be camp counselors so of course those jobs got canceled pretty quickly my son wasn't able to pick up any other work because he was going to work at a sleepaway camp for two months but my daughter was uh she was also supposed to be wearing a actually a day camp for kids with cancer um but she ended up um getting a job through a professor because all the professors were scrambling to get their lectures and everything online and she's in multimedia oh, nice. and graphic design so she actually picked up work for mcmaster putting together some of the course uh, uh, outlines and things like that to be available online and some of the videos and stuff like that. So she was able to use her training to, to turn that into a, a bit of a job. So, but no, they can't, they're not working right now. Um, in previous years, you know, he might've been teaching skiing and she might've been, um, you know, uh, working with kids, but uh, you know what, they'll figure it out. And uh, this summer he's signed up already to be a camp counselor for two months. So hopefully that will wow. come to fruition for him. We'll see. And okay, just keep that thought in your head. And we're going to take a quick break, but I want to go off of that and dig a little bit deeper. You are listening to the parenting show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I am Pina Crispo and uh, special guest Kathy Buckworth. More on money and our kids after the break. Listening to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are tuned into the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and I'm your host Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. We've got Kathy Buckworth joining us, mom, grandma, parenting expert, um, author, and uh, we're talking money. We're talking money and our kids because it's something that I really don't hear a lot of people talking about, Kathy. Yeah, yeah, we sort of addressed this, we should talk about money more with our kids, you know, what things cost, and, and where the money comes from. And, you know, how much you pay for gas, how much do you pay for water, like kids would be like, water is free. I'm like, it's not. (laughs) It's actually not. (laughs) You know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Before the break, we were talking about um, your kids that are in university, the two that are in Mm -hmm. university and um, work and who's working and who's not working because of this pandemic. And uh, you'd mentioned that Bridget has actually picked up some work through what she's studying at school. She was able to find a job through her university um, and is getting paid to do some work for them right Mm -hmm. now, which is fantastic. Um, Now, right now during the pandemic, we're not spending a lot of money or are we? I don't know. I think that a lot of people are saving, you know, because we're not really driving. So we're saving on gas as well as, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of other things. Who's going to entertainment? What event do you have to need a dress for? And just entertainment, right? Going out and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, it's a weird year, I think, for a lot of families. And they've had to hopefully really look at their household budgets, because while we might be saving things on obvious things, like you've mentioned gas, I'm not paying for my son to be in residence. That's $11,000 this year I'm not paying for, right? But 
Um, he's living at home, so we're feeding him. So that's yes. part of the money which would have gone for for that, et cetera. Um, but we're also a lot of people, of course, their income has been diminished a lot. So while we're not putting a lot out, we're not taking as much. And my income has been greatly um, diminished. Um, it's starting to come back now. We and similar things that you do, which require requiring in person um, events and and that sort of thing. So you know, we have to really look at oh, I'm saving so much money, but wait, where was your income coming in in the first place, right? And has that yeah. changed at all? If you work corporate and you're working from home, that maybe hasn't affected you as much, but it's affected a lot of people. Job losses are huge, of course, in the retail sector, et cetera. So my you know, son was out of work for a long time, works in a restaurant. My son-in-law, he is working again. He picked up work quickly, but he was in corporate real estate. He got let go very early in the pandemic and they had a baby and a mortgage, you know? So that yeah. kind of stuff is hitting a lot of people, not just us. So it's tax time coming up. Yay, everyone's so excited. Um, <laughs> it's not exciting. But what it made me do is, of course, as a self-employed person, I'm sure a lot of put together, what did I actually bring in last year? And what were my expenses? So that's a good, you know, sometimes it's a good thing to have a responsibility to make you do that work, right? To say, I right? need to sit down You don't want reasons. to. You don't want I to. You yeah, have to. It's important. And you have to. And then what's 2021 going to be like? Oh, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? Like, is it going to be half normal, half not normal? We don't, not normal at all. We don't know. So we have, no idea we have to look right at that now. too. Yeah. So Kathy, say for the most part, like for us adults, parents, you know, with homes and bills that, you know, the younger people in high school and university don't have to deal with, if they are still making some type of income, um, what would you say, like, as a parent, should you like jump in and be like, Hey, this would be a really good time to like set money aside for your mm-hmm. future with the money that's coming in since you're really not spending as much. I think so. You know, I think it's, it's always a good idea to have a bank account a checking and a savings account, um, a tax free savings account is probably Absolutely. a good idea. Put in a TFSA right now, if you can. Um, it's also a good idea once your kids are so I would say more entering into post-secondary, that sort of age to get introduced into the concept of a credit card, because you want to be able to establish your credit history. You want to be able to show your ability and your willingness to pay off credit card debt. So managing that from a very young age is a good idea. Obviously, they might just get a student visa or MasterCard that only gives them like $500. But my kids have done that. And I think it, it taught them a lot about how credit cards work and how easy it is to spend money you don't see in front of you, you got to pay it off. Yeah. Um, and to establish again, your, your credit history, your credit rating as well, because you might want to get a car loan in a few years or, or even more. So it is important that they start taking money seriously once they finish sort of the high school years. And, you know, being able to save, that's a good idea. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't know anything about the investing side of the business. I don't have game stocks. Sorry. I don't know what's going on with all that. <laughs> I have no idea, <laughs> but I wouldn't suggest that maybe they do that at this point. Um, but I would suggest, yeah, that they do start establishing a credit history and start putting some money in the bank, um, and using transactions that way. Of course, right now, everything's online. If your kids want to even buy anything, they need their own debit card, maybe your credit card to purchase things we talked about before, like a birthday gift for a sibling to get school supplies, whatever it is. Um, They're going to need to have that. And so credit card, you said Mm -hmm. a good time would be like high school to introduce that? Towards the end of high school or when they're entering college universities, um, they can get, like I said, a student credit card, which will be a lower interest rate. It'll be no fee. It'll have a small limit on it, right? And those are the three things that you really want to look for. You're not going to get them... Yeah, you're not going to get them a $120 gold card. And also, don't just add them to your credit card because they're not going to take that seriously, right? The bill has to come to them with their name on it, right? So they see it 
and they have to pay it off. And again, they're establishing their own credit history. Same advice you give to a married couple saying, don't have all of you know the finances under one person. Everyone has to have their own credit history. And yeah. kids should start establishing that as soon as possible. I like that. I never, I never really thought about that. Maybe because I'm not at that, you know, point. Yeah, your kids are young. Yeah. yet. But I, as you were saying that, I remembered getting my first credit card when I was in college, and it was like the mm-hmm. same thing. And, and you know, the credit card companies and the banks recruit on camp. Like they're not as stupid as well. They know it's probably the oh, first yeah. time. So they, <laughs> they go after you hard at university and college. But it's not a bad thing. Like I said, if you can pick up a great student credit card or Mastercard, and maybe you get a free T-shirt if that's what drives you to get it. <laughs> but don't get ten of them. You know, get one. Um, get one. You know, and start your credit history that way. And now I want to fast forward, you'd mentioned us, parents, um, and just what it's like right now, you know what I mean? Because you've seen a dip in your income over mm-hmm. the past year. I've seen a dip in my income mm-hmm. over the past year because of the line of work we do with content mm-hmm. creators. Um, it just hasn't been the same. Mm-hmm. Any tips and advice for like the parents out there that might be struggling? Well, again, I think when you, when you can't, uh, sorry, when you don't measure, you can't manage, you know, wherever that expression goes, you need to actually know your situation. I think if you keep the blinders on, that's not going to be a good thing. Our expenses, uh, our standard fixed expenses have not gone down. You're still paying your mortgage. You're still paying your heat. You're still paying, right? Now, uh, variables like you mentioned, gas for cars um, have definitely uh, dropped, but you really need to look at what are your expenses and your old assumptions might literally go out of the window. Um, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. We, we barely spend money on eating out now. Obviously, we just get pick, takeout every now and again. But look at my grocery bill. Like I have four adults eating at home now. It which balances out. Right? So it balances out. So I think just, yeah, writing it down, like really sort of taking a minute and just so gathering all your bills and looking at or just track it for a month. You'll get a good idea of where the money is going. So you need to know. Like we don't want to do this, but we need to know. I know. And that's the thing. Finances can be super scary, but they don't Mm. have to be. We are talking all things money on the show today with Kathy Buckworth, with Kathy Buckworth, our special guest. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back. What is wrong with me? (laughs) Don't go anywhere because we will be back with more right here on The Parenting Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. We've got my good friend, Kathy Buckworth, joining us on the show today. She is an author. She's a mama. She's a grandma. She's a parenting expert. You've probably heard her on the show before, and you've probably <laughs> seen her on TV. She's everywhere. She's amazing. Um, we're talking about money on the show today, Kathy. It's a big and topic, isn't it? It's you're amazing. At stuff. So I was like, I'm bringing Kathy on uh, for selfish reasons, uh, <laughs> because you're going to help me out and in turn, help all the parents that are tuned in out um, when it comes to like helping our kids um, earn a buck, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the value of a buck, save a buck, um, all, of, those all yeah. of that stuff. One of the things that I keep seeing, Kathy, and it brings me back to the point of like how this is a really important conversation to be had is the fact that even at my age, um, 
I'm going to be turning 41. I've got three kids. What the heck? 41. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Um, But there are people my age that I turn to and I, I look and and they lead this lavish lifestyle, vacations. Yep. And Pina, I'm 57 and I see friends of mine doing this too. And I think, I think I can guess what your income is, but in your household income, and I'm not sure how you're doing this. Of course, you never know someone's full financial picture. They may have had inherited money, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And it, it's a trap that we all fall into. It's like, well, they seem to be living the same, you know, the similar house to us, similar kids. How can they get afford that fancy vacation? I can't. What am I doing wrong? That's what we always yes. think, right? And chances are we're doing something right, not wrong, because they probably are accumulating debt that they actually can't afford. And that's their decision to make. And they feel it's worth taking on that debt, Absolutely. you know, for that reward. But, you know, we can't compare ourselves um, across that no. because everyone's got different saving strategies and different spending strategies. And we have to make sure our kids understand that as well. Because, I mean, kids will say they've got the fanciest iPads, you know, Oh, his parents just gave him a Mac computer, you know, for no reason. It's like, well, sorry, we can't afford that. And I think we have to be more comfortable saying that to our kids. Our family budget does not allow for that. We can't afford that. And it's just particularly in a house where I had four kids. They point to someone. I'm like, well, they only have one child or two kids. I got like, <laughs> you guys are my BMWs that are missing from my driveway. Let me tell you that. So, <laughs> you know. So it it makes a big difference in terms of the income coming in, the kids that you have, the household, the debt obligations you already have um, on board, you know, in terms of what you can afford and you can't compare across to another family. You just can't. No, you can't. And I think that that is like super, super important to communicate with our kids. um, So they understand that, you know, we're not all the same. People have different jobs. People have different incomes. People Mm -hmm. choose to save a certain way. People choose to spend a certain way. And sometimes spending is is not necessarily um, with money that they may have. And and the thing is, we have such boring ways that we have to spend money, too. We need a new roof on the house. The furnace just blew up. It's so boring, right? But it has to be done. And the same with I said to my kids, do you know how much our water bill is? Do you know how much gas costs? And they, they didn't know. So they didn't know, right? So it's like, let me show you some bills that I have coming into the house. It's a bit of an eye opener when you're obviously not going to show a five-year-old this, but maybe a 10 or 12-year-old to say, you know, the, the streaming services that we have, we have three of them. Here's what they add up to every month. We have to pay this money, you know? So it, it sort of hits home for them. So you said, that's why we can't do some of the things we'd want to do. Now, if you want to cut off all the streaming services, if you want me to take away your cell phone, if you want me to blah, blah, this is what it would add up to. And then maybe we can save for something else. But, you know, it's important for them to understand where your money is going as well. I'm so happy you said that, Kathy. And you said something else when we were off the air during the break. You were talking about the importance, you know, along the lines Mm -hmm. of communication, the importance of um, the parents being on the same page Mm -hmm. um, with their kids when it comes to earning an allowance and chores. Um, mm-hmm. Would you mind just like sharing sure, that again yeah. so it with starts everyone with that, now? With everyone. Well, I think as we sort of kick the show off with it, people have different opinions on how to pay allowance for, you know, chores and things like that. And some people will not pay it and some people will. Well, what if you're married to someone who has the opposite opinion to you? You say yeah. they have to do work to get, you know, $5. The other person says, I'm just going to give them $20 a week for no reason. Or I'm just going to give them money whenever they need it to go to the movies. You need to come up with a joint strategy. Otherwise, Kids are tricky. I don't know if you know that, you know, but kids are tricky and kids are smart. We'd be like, well, dad's always handing out, you know, 40 bucks, no matter what I do. And mom's going to make me do this to get money. Guess 
guess who they're hanging out with, right? Guess who's yeah. giving the money and guess who gets to be the good guy then. And that's not fair in any relationship, right? So you really have to make sure that you have a conversation with your spouse to, to say, this is our money strategy. Um, maybe we can come to a compromise where they do certain chores for money, but we also just, every week, they also just get $10. Or we agree with them that if they want to go to a movie, we'll pay for it but only once a month or whatever, you know, this, you know, you yeah. come up with something that that's sort of a compromise between the two, the two sides, because otherwise it's, it's only going to cause conflict uh, from the beginning, right? Up to this point where the child is saying, well, dad says he'll give me money for a down payment on a house and oh mom, gosh. you know, so it can come to something like that. And I think yeah, that so that's that. super, super important that the parents come together, whether you're living under the same roof or not, you need that communication. I think it's really, really important um, because otherwise, yeah, you're going to run into issues and money can do that to people and things can get ugly. Money is one of the biggest things that couples fight about, right? And so then once you lay, whether you have kids or not, right? So then yeah. you layer in kids and their expectations and your expectations of what you can provide for your children and your guilt over what you want to provide your children and what your friends are providing, you know, you layer in all of those complexities you need to make sure you have a partner who's on the same page or it's, it's really going to cause a lot of issues. I think that is the biggest takeaway from this show, Kathy. Um, communication with your partner um, on how to get your kids started on budgeting, mm -hmm. learning the value of the dollar, saving, so on and so forth. Um, Kathy, thank you so much for joining me today. You are amazing. If people want to follow you and check you out, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at kathybuckworth.com. It's Kathy with a K and I'm on, you know, I'm on all social media except clubhouse. Not quite yet. Anyway, so Instagram, what? Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at just Kathy Buckworth. Um, I'm signed on to clubhouse. Uh, I haven't done anything with it yet, but okay, I will. Well, I, I got to go hit follow. And okay. guys, Kathy has written some amazing books that you need to check out. Kathy quickly. What are the titles? Actually, the one that's most relevant to this conversation would be I'm so the boss of you, which is more like managing your family like a business and I actually have some spreadsheets in there because I'm a bit of a nerd. And but just some basic money tips are included in that book. So go jump on Amazon, jump on chapters, look up Kathy Buckworth, pick up her books and go follow her on social. Kathy, you are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And guys, we will catch you guys next week, next Sunday, eight o'clock right here on The Parenting Show. And I am Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca and you are listening to us on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.